Hi everyone, Kevin Livermore here with the Ultimate Summary of C.S. Lewis podcast. I'm the author of the book, The Theology of C.S. Lewis, available on Amazon as a a Kindle version and also as a paperback version. I'd love for you to check that out. I also have a YouTube channel called Threeology. That's the number three hyphen-ology. And there's a link to that in the show notes as well. Today, we're going to talk about mysticism in C.S. Lewis, specifically regarding the book Into the Region of Awe by David Downing. Downing offers this holistic overview of how C.S. Lewis was not simply a one-sided author focused on reason or apologetics, but was heavily influenced by the mystical way. Albeit Downey acknowledges Lewis did not highlight his interest in Christian mysticism as he knew many other believers misunderstood or didn't trust claims of personal encounters with the divine. So he aimed to bring Christians together and not separate them over tertiary issues. According to Downey, Lewis was part logician and part mystic. Basically, he was part logical, but part mystical in that his faith and worldview were influenced accordingly by both aspects of his personhood, his logic and his mysticism. Downing says when it comes to mysticism, Lewis was most influenced by the visionary Lady Julian of Norwich, the English anchorite, as he admired and cited her work, Revelations of Divine Love from 1393. Lewis was also heavily influenced by G.K. Chesterton, who said that Christians are open to the miraculous and therefore open to mysticism, but are under no obligation to believe a particular claim as they can evaluate claims individually. Another influence for Lewis was Evelyn Underhill, who wrote a 500-page classic mysticism in 1911 and traded letters with C.S. Lewis after she read Out of the Silent Planet. Underhill emphasizes that mysticism finds its fullness in Christianity under the doctrines of the Trinity and the Incarnation. The mystic's experience of God includes both majestic transcendence and joyous indwelling, the soul reaching out for God as God reaches into the soul. This is such an important way to look at mysticism as modern Christians. We need both. We need to have an an awakening for how such transcendent doctrines and beliefs require mysticism, but we also need to have an emotional and spiritual fulfillment when we encounter God. Otherwise, Christians will remain intellectually grounded but spiritually stunted, which is not appealing for a skeptical world already disillusioned by religion. These are the people my ministry is focused on, so this is especially appealing to me personally. When I was a pastor, I offered theological and apologetics classes, but also more intimate prayer and worship services to appeal to both needs. Evelyn Underhill says Eastern mystics report experiencing God as a person even though their traditions believe God is non-personal. She said only the Christian doctrines of the Trinity and redemption provide a theological framework which explains a wide variety of mystical experiences around the world. Lewis agreed with Underhill to a point as he argued in Christian apologetics, we are not pronouncing all other religions to be totally false, but rather saying in Christ, whatever is true in all religions is consummated and perfected. That's so good. That's such a 
great way to summarize it. As Lewis says again in Christian Apologetics, we are not pronouncing all other religions to be totally false, but rather saying that in Christ, whatever is true in all religions is consummated and perfected in Christ. So Lewis says mysticism does not validate the religion in which it happens to occur. Lewis did not believe every mystical experience he read about, even from those he admired and quoted in his books, such as Julian of Norwich. For example, she once had a showing where she asks Christ how all can be well when some are destined for hell, and the answer was essentially a love so great even the deepest wrongs will be made right, or universalism. Lewis rejected this and noted any vision should still stand under the correction of biblical teaching and church creeds. I stand with Lewis here and agree that the creeds in the Bible should be our filter when evaluating claims of mystical experiences with the divine. David Downing describes how in That Hideous Strength, the final book in the Space Trilogy, Ransom finished his journey, the character Ransom finished his journey and became a, quote, unitive mystic, someone whose own will has been subdued and who now walks with God. He has achieved a state of spiritual equilibrium described by Underhill as one of peaceful joy, enhanced powers, and intense certitude. Underhill says a life of a unitive mystic is not one of isolated contemplation, but one of active engagement, like St. John of the Cross, Bernard of Clairvaux, Teresa of Avila, were all among the most influential church leaders of their generation. So we too must be contemplative mystics to awaken our inner world to health and the Holy Spirit's sanctification process in our lives. But we also must be people of real-time action and influence in our communities. This aspect of doing and not just contemplating is what ought to resonate with the readers and our various ministries. The hands-on ministry in the world seems to be sometimes what's missing and needs to be addressed in many Christian circles. Despite an injured heel, Ransom is very influential in his world. Through the three Space Trilogy novels, we see Ransom no longer being the central character and reaching for a state of spiritual rest where no tension saps his spiritual strength. Downing points out how the Space Trilogy books trace the inner adventure of the mystic way. As we see Ransom go on a journey back to Paralandra, where he is healed in the same world where he was wounded. Oftentimes we have to go back to the places we were wounded, whether through the visualization exercise or whatever it may be, in order to be healed. Sometimes we need to go to those wounded places in our hearts and revisit the past to find inner healing before we can achieve resurrection and or sanctification. Just like you or I, Ransom was a good but ordinary man and just wanted a holiday but ended up going on a pilgrimage that took him to the foundations of his spiritual being. Evelyn Underhill says, The great goal of every mystic is complete self-surrender, which is what Ransom achieved, but only by first going through a mystical death and resurrection. <laughs>